The Lord calls us to worship this morning from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9. It says, Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. You are the Lord God. Amen. Father in heaven, our great God and King, we gather as your people together today to stand in your presence, to humble ourselves, our hearts, to say that you are God and there is no other, and to offer up to you acceptable worship in your sight. Lord, we acknowledge our sinfulness before you. We do not hide it. And we pray that you would pour out your spirit upon us, your people, that we might lift up our voices in a way that is pleasing to you, that our worship through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, would be a sweet-smelling savor to you. Lord, we pray that you would pour out your Spirit upon us today, that the words we say, the songs that we sing, the meditation of our heart, would all be acceptable in your sight. We pray, Lord, that you would meet with us by your Spirit that this would not just be a Sunday of tradition or recitation, but moments 
of worship in your presence, the God of the universe. We thank you and we praise you for your grace, and we join our hearts together with one voice as we pray out loud the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray, saying out loud, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. This morning for our confession of faith, we're going to recite together the Apostles' Creed. It's on page 845 in the green hymnal if you would like to turn there. I'll begin by asking you a question since this is a confession of our faith. Christian, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. For all who call upon the Lord by faith and look to the Lord Jesus Christ to cleanse them from their sins, hear these words of the assurance of God's pardon from the Old Testament book of Micah, chapter 7. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. Amen. Let's continue to worship now by taking the insert in your bulletin. It does have all of our songs for this morning. We will be singing together, All Glory Be to Christ.
You may be seated as we take an offering to the glory of God. Father in heaven, we thank you being able to sit here for a few moments to listen to this beautiful music, to remind our hearts, hallelujah, what a Savior we have. Lord, I pray that as we give our tithes and offerings today, as we think about giving, as we think about money and the treasures of this world, Lord, help us to believe the gospel even in the midst of these acts of obedience that we wouldn't believe for a moment that if we put something in the offering plate at church, that we have entered our names in the roll books of heaven. That only by the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and the faith which he gives, may we call ourselves your sons and daughters. Lord, I pray that you would use our tithes and offerings that have been given this day freely. That they would be used for the spread of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that people who do not know the gospel would hear of it, and that you would call from every tribe and tongue and nation your children home. In Jesus' name, amen.
this time, I'd like to uh, ask Rob and Tammy Watson to join me here up front. This morning we have a special uh, blessing and privilege to see uh, the Lord add to the number of his church. Uh, Rob and Tammy Watson are newly accepted members in our church fellowship here. Uh, the session met with them and uh, interviewed, heard their uh, testimony and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, agreed and assented to the membership vows. What a privilege it is to see God continue to bless our church family and to welcome Rob and Tammy. If you've not met them, I want to encourage you to extend them the right hand of fellowship today. Uh, we're going to uh, now ask them the membership questions in, uh, in your presence. And I want to encourage you and remind you that it is the Lord who adds to his church. And he has uh, seen fit to do this. Brother and sister, we are so happy that you are here. Uh, and I'm going to ask you the membership questions now. Do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners in the sight of God, justly deserving his displeasure, and without hope, saved in his sovereign mercy, do you? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of sinners? And do you receive and rest upon him alone for salvation, as he is offered in the gospel, do you? Do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as becomes the followers of Christ, do you? Do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability, do you? And finally, do you submit yourselves to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace, do you? Wonderful. I'm going to shake your hand and say welcome again. It has been a privilege to get to know Rob and Tammy. Uh, they were previously members at uh, Blythewood PCA, so they are in the family. Um, but here at Lebanon, we are delighted. I'm going to pray for you now. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the way that you encourage our hearts, the way that you knit our hearts together in love. And Lord, I pray that you would bless Rob and Tammy, their children. Lord, I pray that you would have your hand upon them as they seek to honor you as they gather here on Sunday for worship. May they be welcomed and loved and a part of the church family here. May they have great delight in finding places to serve. And may we all together enjoy seeing how you will use us together in this church family. Lord, I pray for your protection, for your hand to be upon their marriage. And I pray, Lord, that as they grow in love, for you that they would grow in love for one another and for those here in their church family now here at Lebanon. We praise you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning for our responsive reading, we're going to read together Psalm 30. It's on page 794 in your hymnal. Psalm 30 on page 794. I'll begin with the light portion. Please respond out loud together with the bold. 
I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Amen. Let's stand together now and take the insert from your bulletin as we sing together the communion hymn.
Father in heaven, as we approach your throne of grace this morning to offer up petitions and prayers on behalf of your people, as we typically do also on behalf of our missionaries, Lord, I pray that you would help us to not forget the words that have just come from our lips, that we would remember the entire reason why we are able to pray to you, to offer up our praises to you, to believe that you hear us when we cry out. It is because of the Lord Jesus Christ, His perfect righteousness, His perfect sacrifice on our behalf, His his death upon the cross, and His rising victoriously in resurrection over death, hell, and the grave, and our sins. Lord, we thank You and praise You that You have called us out of the kingdom of darkness and into Your kingdom of glorious light for no other reason than Your pleasure. And we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Lord, we pray for our missionaries this morning, those that we financially support and commit to pray for each month. And Lord, I pray on this special communion Sunday as we celebrate here, I pray that you would cause our hearts to be moved for our brothers and sisters who we know by name who are supporting the work of the ministry of the spread of the gospel around the world. Lord, we lift up each family to you. We pray that you would be meeting their needs financially, emotionally, spiritually, and personally. And Lord, I pray if they are going through a time of physical sickness or spiritually going through a deep valley, I pray that you would be close to them even now as we pray for them. As we join our hearts to pray for them, Lord, I pray that you would help them to to know the strength and the warmth of your presence with them. May the promises of Jesus be near and dear to them. May the songs of praise rise up in their heart as they consider your great worth. And Lord, I pray as we prepare in just a few moments to hear your word, as we hear the choir sing an anthem, as we come to the table of the King, I pray, Lord, that you would minister the gospel to our souls. We need it desperately. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
I want to invite you this morning to open your Bibles to the Psalms, to chapter 116. Psalm 116. This morning we will be reading verses 1 through 19. This morning our communion meditation is entitled, The Cup of Blessing. This is the word of the Lord. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surrounded me, and the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God abides forever. Psalm 116 is a communion text. Indeed, some believe that Jesus recited it in the upper room with the disciples. He knew that in just a short while after supper, he would be led away to be crucified. In fact, it's why he came. In John chapter 12, verses 27 and 28, Jesus says, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have and I will glorify it again. How? How would this voice from heaven who spoke to Jesus audibly, how would he glorify his name again? He would do it in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And in this act that is different than every other act in all of the world, the Father put on display His holiness, wisdom, and power. In a few moments, we will celebrate together the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. In His wisdom, the Lord Jesus Christ has given us a command that we celebrate this meal together. 
with sensible signs of bread and a cup. Richard Sibbs says in his book on the Lord's Supper that here God sets before us spiritual things outwardly to bring us his grace inwardly so that we can conceive of them. This morning I want to give you three reasons from this text why you should rejoice in God's grace. And may it warm our hearts as we prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper together. Number one, three reasons to rejoice in God's grace from this text. Number one, in verses one through seven, God himself draws near to sinners. The psalmist here says, in great desperation, he cried out to the Lord and the Lord heard his prayers. Why should you rejoice in God's grace? Because he hears prayers lifted up to him. The psalmist proclaimed, he has inclined his ear to me. How many of you ever say, are you listening to me in your home? How many of you pray and think, is God listening to me? Does he hear my cry for mercy? The psalmist here says that the Lord inclined his ear to me. And that word inclined means that he listened with intent to act. And in verse 3 and verse 6, we see that when God hears prayers, according to his great mercy and only by his grace, he saves those who call upon the name of the Lord. He says, pains surrounded me. The pangs of death laid hold of me, gripping me. It wasn't just that I was tiptoeing through the world and felt evil around me. He says it was death and Sheol. I knew I was going to the grave. It was gripping me and constraining me and I could not get loose. He said I was brought low and he saved me. I was helpless. And he stretched out his right hand of righteous salvation for me. This is part of the utter realism of the Bible. It teaches us that God comes out of heaven and into your pain. We do not come to God on the other side of pain and commit to Him. God comes to us in our pain and calls us to Himself. But how and why does He do it? Psalm 116 tells us, he says in verse 5, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. Why would God save sinners? For his own good pleasure and glory. That's the reason. So you don't have to look inside yourself today, dear people of God. Why would God save me? Or I don't feel so much like a Christian. I don't believe I deserve this meal. None of us do. If it was about deserving and earning, we would leave it up here and walk out. It is about the deserving and earning that the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And by the grace of our Heavenly Father, we are called to come to this table by faith. We do not earn it. He meets us and He delivers us. And we see in the Bible, in Psalm 116, and even throughout the rest of the text of Scripture, that God may not remove the adversity in front of us, but he will keep and comfort the one who looks to him with solace that transcends what is happening all around us. He says in verse 6, the Lord preserves the simple. 
That word simple means humble. Do you cry out to the Lord? Do you know what it is to pray, God save me, a sinner, and only save for your mercy alone? Three reasons to rejoice in God's grace. Number two, in this text, the cup of blessing. He says in verses 8 and 9 that God has done something for him. It's like a song. It's like a refrain. He says, you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. And I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And then he says in verse 13, I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. And then he says these words in verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That word precious in Hebrew can also mean costly. Costly in the sight of the Lord is the death of his people who remain faithful to him. Your obedience, your faith, your justification, your future glorification in the presence of God the King is costly to him. The cup of salvation that he speaks about here represents the rich blessings of God in the salvation of his people, free from fear of death or hell or our sins and free from separation from God that all mankind has experienced because of the fall in the book of Genesis. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it speaks about this cup of salvation. In 1 Corinthians 10, 16, it says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? We may not take up the cup of salvation without acknowledging a right, the cup of God's wrath. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 22, like any mother might do, two of the disciples' mom came to Jesus and said, will you please give my sons, my two good boys, a place, a special place in your kingdom? And Jesus looks at them and asks, are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? What should we make of this question? Was Jesus trying to upstage two of his disciples? Was he trying to correct their loving mom? In Jeremiah 25 verse 15, we get a description of this cup that Jesus was about to drink. For thus says the Lord God of Israel to me, take this wine cup of the fury from my hand and cause all the nations to whom I send you to drink it. It is a cup of fury. That word fury in, in the Hebrew can also mean wrath. Take this cup of wrath and drink it. In John chapter 3 verse 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. You may not take up the cup of blessing. The cup of salvation. Without also hearing and understanding and knowing. That the cup of wrath was consumed to the very bottom for you. The Lord Jesus Christ in coming in human form in dying on the cross drank to the very bottom the cup foaming with the wine of the wrath of God and he drank it to the bottom for his people. 
that we may never know the wrath of God upon us. Three reasons to rejoice in God's grace this morning. Number one, God draws near to sinners. Number two, the cup of blessing. And lastly, number three, God makes us his own. In verse 9, verse 13, and verses 16 through 17 of our psalm. God makes us his own in two ways this morning. There's probably a lot more in this text. He makes us his own by giving us a new identity. Those who are in Christ, who have faith in the Lord Jesus, who have been given the gift of faith, whose heart of stone has been removed and a heart of flesh has been put in that is inclined to God to worship him, to love him. They have been given a new identity. They are no longer who they once were. They have a totally new existence. The psalmist has the audacity to say, I am your servant. You loosed my bonds and I belong to you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ. This is before you knew him. You were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you remember from where you came? That apart from the free grace of the gospel, you would not know love and forgiveness and acceptance and new life. The death and resurrection of Jesus guarantees the salvation of his people. As we think about this Easter season, as we come to the table of the Lord's grace, this is a table for people who know Jesus has finished everything for my salvation. There is nothing I can add to it. John chapter 10 verse 16, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. God makes us his own. He gives us a new identity and a new life. And I don't mean a new, go make a new me. I mean where there was death, now there is life. Where there was nothing but love for sin, there is now love for God in a different way. And it's not my commitment, it's his life working out in me and in you. A totally, totally new life where there was death. There is life and health and vitality and growing and fruitfulness. And it's not my efforts. It's the work of Christ by his spirit. Psalm 56 verse 13. For you have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Romans chapter 9 verse 11. Why did God do this? Have you asked that question? God, why did you save me? For what purpose? Romans 9, 11, That the purpose of God to election might stand not of works. That's a banner over your life. It's a banner over this table. It's not of works. At least not yours. It is the work of Christ. And this table is a gift. It's not a reminder that we do every other month for you to... Commit your heart, and that's the strength of my union with Christ. We come to this table with empty hands and say, nothing in my hands I bring. 
Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Humbly look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. This is the table of the Lord's grace. I pray that you feast upon Christ today as we come here together. How do you participate with this new life that you've been given? That God has made you His own. How do you come to this table today and it not simply be a little crumb of bread and a cup of juice? God does that for you too. Are you a forgetful person? Do you get where you're going and realize you left everything that you needed at home? Does it happen more often than you'd like to admit? You know what? If you forgot something this morning, maybe it is a good reminder from your Heavenly Father that there's nothing you can bring to this table that gives you a place at it. Richard Sibbs goes on to say that he furnishes you with a lowly heart and an empty soul delighting in your own unworthiness that he is to you all in all. I pray that he is your all in all. That you rejoice here today. He is good and right and true. May your heart overflow as you participate at this table. In verse 9, in closing, he says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. This is similar to the New Testament expression to walk in the light. In both it is both demanding to walk before the Lord. I am walking in His presence. It is absolutely demanding of everything that I am. But it is also reassuring. Since in the presence of the Lord, one is wholly exposed. I have no secrets. The Lord knows everything. There is no motive of my heart. No word that I say that He doesn't know where it comes from. I am totally exposed in His presence. And yet at the same time, wholly befriended by Jesus who the scriptures call the friend of sinners, the one who sticks closer than a brother. Praise the Lord. So today as we come to the table of the Lord's grace, as we raise up the cup of blessing together, may you feast upon Christ. And where you feel empty and weak, where you are anxious and fearful, may you look to Christ and be built up in your heart by faith. And may he minister his beautiful gospel to your soul. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, in just a few moments, we are going to partake of your supper. It's not mine or the, the PCA's. It's not Lebanon's supper. It is yours. So we humbly ask, we bow in your presence. We petition you that you would be the one ministering it by your grace to our souls. Where we are weak, where we are in fear, where we doubt. Lord, I pray that you would give us faith. And Lord, I do pray if there is someone in this room today that doesn't know you, that they would raise up their voice and call upon the name of the Lord that they would know the joy that today is the day of salvation. And Lord, I do pray 
for us, your people, that this day, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, that it would be a reminder to us and set eternity in our hearts that we would remember that this meal represents a meal that one day we will be in your presence and you, the great King, will enjoy this meal with us, with all the saints gathered from every tribe and tongue and nation and from every age of the earth, the people that Jesus came to deliver from sin and into your presence. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. This time I'd like to ask the men who will be helping to serve the Lord's Supper to please come forward. And as they're coming, just a reminder, in our tradition, in the, the Presbyterian Reformed tradition, we believe that the efficacy of this sacrament is not in the perfection of the words that are recited to you, or even in the holiness of the hands that distribute it to you. The efficacy of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper is in the precious work of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. May you know that to be true today, and may your faith rest in Him alone as you participate. As we come to the table of the Lord's grace, I want to begin by reading the words of institution from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul wrote these words, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that on the same night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And after he had given thanks, he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Paul goes on to say, In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. And as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes again. We are a people who are constituted, who remember that this table is a table that was won by death. These blessings are brought to us by the death of our Savior, the perfect, holy, beautiful One, came so that you and I might have life Paul goes on to say, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man or a woman examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. It's appropriate and absolutely Required that we should bow our heads and our hearts in the presence of the Lord and confess our sins before Him. So now, in a few moments of silence, I want to ask you to pray 
to the Lord, and I'll close in a few moments. Father, we come into your presence and we we bow down before you. We confess our sins and our sinfulness to you. We confess to you the things that we have done that we know we should not have done. And we confess to you the things that we should have done that we have left undone. And we say in your presence there is nothing good in us. We confess that to you. Lord, we pray that you would remind us in this meal of the cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfection of his body. We pray that you would set aside this cup of juice and this piece of bread, that they would minister the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to us, heal us, build us up in faith, cause us to look upon the beauty of Christ and rejoice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As a minister of the gospel, I'm required to tell you that this table has specific requirements. This is the table of the Lord's grace. It's not mine. It is His to offer to His people, to encourage their hearts and build them up by faith. But there are some requirements. If you are a member of a Bible-believing church that takes the gospel seriously, and you know the Lord Jesus Christ, have submitted to Him, know Him as Lord and King, you are welcome to come to this table. But if you are resisting the Lord in some way, if you are actively participating in some sin and totally unrepentant before the Lord and resisting Him, you ought not come to this table. Not today. If there is something between you and a brother or sister that you can not say before the Lord in my conscience, I've done everything I could to make this right, then you ought not come to this table. It would be better for you to seek reconciliation with your brother or sister than to come here and participate today. We believe that your children who have not made profession of faith are part of the covenant, but if they are not communicant members yet, please have them keep their hands at their sides. We believe that they are part of God's people and by your participation in this meal, they also may receive the spiritual blessings that the Lord Jesus offers to us in it. I want to encourage you, as you think about what guilt and shame really are, this meal is not a reminder of that, but it is a stark reminder that our sins absolutely have a cost, that to be in the Lord's presence, to participate in His blessings, is costly at the price of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is not the table for perfect people. This is a table for people who cry out to the Lord by faith. May you feed upon Christ today. As you hold the bread, as you hold the cup, as you taste them and smell them, may they be good spiritual reminders to you of the work that Christ did for you and that your salvation is freely given to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. May you rejoice in Him. The Lord Jesus said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you.
The Lord Jesus said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink you all of it for the gift forgiveness of your sins. While the elders cover the, the table, uh, let's prepare to sing our last hymn together. It's at the insert in your in, in your bulletin. of our Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.